Yo, Yohanyaks, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. Why do I always blink out right there and lose my train of thought? Speaking of trains, I live right next to one. Not like what you normally think of. It's like a weird city transit thing. But anyways, should have a good dose of weird coming at you today. Uh, Still trying to figure out my schedule in the new place. Uh, I really probably should just do more podcasts and not... Lots of fun stuff. You haven't heard, I'm doing, we're doing, uh, on a personal, we're doing a weekly newsletter um, as we, you know, are on this crazy adventure this year. So, if you want to follow along, send an email to the show, send a DM to the show, one of something or other. If you're, maybe ask around, maybe someone's on it, because you know, we got quite a few people on it, so kind of a big deal. But not really. So big updates are still getting acclimated. Um, was it yesterday, two days ago at the gym? Felt like the first day at the gym up uh, here at a mile high, and was miserable. I thought I was thought I was getting better, and then my body's like, "Nah, today's sucks." And uh, I was like, "Cool, thanks for that." Second update: those Raycon fitness earbuds that I got, the the fitness ones specifically, are amazing, absolutely incredible. They're sleek they fit in my ear very well they have different sizes of stuff so you can get that snug fit the sound quality is second to none so like honestly whoa, whoa, I, um, as you can tell i'm not tired at all i'm really not but 110 bucks absolutely worth it and once again not a sponsor probably never will be but I'm going to give the recommendations. I don't need their money to recommend them. I don't mind that free advertising. Goodness, everyone's always so caught up. In, oh, no, don't don't give it free. Don't do that. Don't product placement, brand placement. I'm like, look, I like stuff. I'm going to talk about it, okay? And if they're over there like, oh, free advertising, we'll never pay for a sponsorship, then sure. Now, once I get real big, we'll see. But, like, you know, if I, if I have a bunch of sponsors... I got a reef, then different story, but I still probably give my own recommendations. See, so what I'm doing here is I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm, I'm emulating the president, you know, the highest office in the land, by sometimes whispering at you, but like the yell whisper. Uh, if, you, if you get the joke, if you know, you know. A goal, new goals, like I said. Uh, I think I've talked about wanting to pick up the fiddle. Oh, um, Red Rocks over at Denver Little Amphitheater. It's got like 194 steps. Goal is to run up it. And you might say, well, you probably already do that. Maybe. <laughs> at elevation, just moved here. Also not in that kind of shape. I'm a maybe on it. So the goal is once a week, go up there, see how far I can make it up. Then, I don't know, just run up and down some, <laughs> run around it. Uh, figure something out and try and get in better shape for it. So I'm really, really hoping to get in really, 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 really good shape. Uh, on another side, I'm hopefully I've got a really cool, powerful episode coming up. I don't really want to say much more and give it away, but something and something that I will say it's in the vein of something that I want. I think I would. I, I no, not that I would like that. I that I do want to start doing. And it, it's powerful stories. It's stories that, I don't want to say but conventional wisdom, because that's not necessarily it, what I would call it, but that almost buck the norm. And, 
you know, I could probably start a whole podcast that's called that, but it's like the world has enough of those. So I'm just going to do it all here and make it easy. One stop shop, the Walmart of podcasts. And, but really, if you want that, go, go listen to Joe Rogan. Um, but it's something where, I don't know. I'm just seeing, I see there are, there are certain success stories that are not necessarily like overcoming all odds and obstacles, but more so just about like what you typically hear in, you know, if X happens, then this, you know, this is then Y and Z are what will happen because X happened and, you know, and, and kind of common, not necessarily myths, but misconceptions, things that can very well be true and be founded in truth, but almost like stories of hope, like a glimmer of light in a dark room in a lot of ways. Like I, I just see these powerful stories and examples where it's, there's so much just, there's so much negativity and there's so much kind of depressing stuff. And you hear about the worst of things and the worst of people and everyone's skeptical of each other. And because everyone's working some angle and it's like, how about we just spread some, some good stories around and, and, and spread some positive stories. Maybe you can give one person hope who finds himself in a similar situation or, um, you know, something to come back to if they find themselves in a situation. But anyways, hoping first one of those to be, to be done. I don't know, probably by the, hopefully by the end of the month, but sometime soon go up. You'll know what I'll, I'll, once it's done, I'll, I'll advertise it. We'll work through the details though. But that being said, if you have a, a store and this doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like I saved, you know, three babies who were about to be eaten by a bobcat on, on a mountain trail at 12,000 feet, you know, in the snowy Himalayas or something like that. No, no, no. It's just like every day. I'm an everyday person. You're an everyday person. But for example, I'd say one, one success story that I'm real, especially now that I'm older and I've seen unfortunately, um, been privy to people I know, um, falling into divorce, sadly, um, I look at my, my parents and my aunt and uncle, and, and I actually have a decent amount of people in my lives who find themselves in a 30, 40, hopefully someday 50, you know, plus year marriage. And that's something of a relic for our culture. I mean, we've known for the past 20, 30 years, what divorce rate has been like 50%. I think it's probably even worse than that now. And it's just so sad to see, like, you just see, um, it's just a corroded, like the institution of marriage is just not what it used to be. And it's be, it's more of a rarity than not to see marriage that makes it that long. The saddest thing for me is honestly seeing the 12, 20, you know, 15 year marriages, those ones that have, that have kind of gotten through what I would call that initial, I don't even know what to call it, not roadblock, but like, look, you made it, you made it over a decade, right? Like you made it, you're good, right? No. It is a constant, just like how we must always be on the watch and guarding against tyranny in terms of, you know, politics and culture and and things like that. Like tyranny is always at the door, ready to devour you and take over. I think the same is true with its marriage. Like it is, it is, you're in a constant state of guarding and, and working to upkeep in a lot of ways. Like it's, you know, it's, it's like great historical sites, like, the Cathedral of Notre Dame, Notre Dame, however you say it, Notre Dame, I don't know. Uh, 
you know, in ancient relics like that, they do certain upkeep and they're, I mean, they, they want to prevent bad things from happening, but also they have to continually be, you know, updating, renovating, uh, taking great care of certain things. And I think the same is true with marriage. And those ones are really sad to me because you feel like you get to that point and 10, 15, 20 years even, and you can, you feel like you're, oh no, I'm, I'm beyond it. And I can, you know, okay, we've got it figured out. We, you know, we're obviously still growing and whatnot, but like we, kind of got some good roots and even seeing seeing those ones uproot is extremely swimming hard but something that's close to me and so for example what the whole point I was trying to get at was like someone like my parents they just celebrated oh shoot was it 40 years yeah 40 years and I should know this we just had a giant party for him gosh took me a second oh I don't know where I am what year it is who's the president Gerald Ford I but but even that, and just sitting down and talking to them and, and saying, you know, you've had a marriage last 40 years. That's something that's incredible. It's not something that's easy. It's, it's, they've raised four kids in the midst of it, and I would say it's still raising. You're always, that never really stops. You never really stop being a parent. It changes forms a little bit, but it never really stops. And, um, you know, and, and the work is not done. It's always going on. And so, like, to me, I mean, hopefully I'll be able to maybe sit down with them and talk to them about it. But stories like that, right? I mean, shoot, maybe you, you know, maybe you came up in a, in, in, in a pretty hard household. Or, um, for example, I know someone who um, was basically in a, not necessarily, not so much physically, but more mentally and emotionally was, you know, had their entire childhood, came out of a, a family of abuse and a lot of trauma and, um <clears throat> them and all their siblings are really for the most part came out pretty great. Like sure. They all kind of have their issues, but who doesn't have their issues, you know, and particularly in that sort of situation, say issues. I mean, you mm, quirks, we all develop differently. Right. And so, but, but they've come out of that relatively successful. And I think having positive stories out there and kind of creating that positive, um, and having, and having building good culture really is what it's about. Uh, you know, if you're in the political realm at all, that's what you hear about a lot is the culture wars. And I'm not here for that necessarily. I just want to build a good culture and community. So that's what I'm here for. So anyways, uh, if you have if you have a story or know someone who has a story who might be willing to come and talk about that's yeah, that that is one thing about this that I do want to be very clear about. This is not the sort of thing that we're going that I'm looking to shy away from the difficulties, shy away from the hard stuff, right? So, I mean, if you, if you <laughs> and within reason, because ultimately, you know, the, in, whoever's being interviewed, it's their story. I want to make sure they have complete control and say, but I don't want to sugarcoat. I don't want to beat around the bush. I want to talk because that, that's another thing is, is talking about hard things and, and staring hard truths and just being being truthful and honest, you know, not shying away from it. And sometimes life is brutal in that way. And but I think too I think too much, particularly coming from a Christian worldview, you know, come from the Christian world is one of so especially in a lot of ways. Unfortunately, modern Christianity I think is in sugarcoating, is in is in reducing down, is beating around the bush, and you know to not be afraid of the hard topics and hard questions. In a lot of ways, it was, I you know I I came up with the sentiment. I wasn't necessarily told this outright, but the way that, um, 
I mean, just kind of the way that the culture works in a lot of times is this is the impression that kids who grew up in it, um, this is the impression that they get is that, you know, if, if you question your bad, like that's a sin to question and doubting, you need to suppress that down. You just need to trust, trust, trust. And instead of building up a culture of like, no, this, this is, if this is the ultimate truth, this ultimate truth will stand strong in the face of scrutiny, in the face of the biggest doubts, the biggest questions. And, uh, especially recently, another thing that I've really come to learn over the past several years is that when you really look through scripture and look through the Bible as you see, you know, the, the biggest, no figures or, or people that are part of that story are without their pitfalls, minus Jesus, of course, without their major pitfalls or without their major doubts or missteps. And, and a lot of times even questioning God directly. And it's just like, he's, I'm learning it's something that, you know, God doesn't want you not to question. He just wants you to be willing to bring the questions to him. Because I think a lot of times that's where the, the rub is, is we have these questions, but we don't want to address it and confront it. And he's like, I don't know. I almost picture him like, I think of it in a, you know, you're sitting down with someone and having heart to hearts, And it's like, he's just sitting there. He like, he doesn't, he doesn't. Yes, he wants you to, you know, live right and, and do the right thing. But he knows you're going to screw up and you're going to mess up and. And he wants you to, this is turning into a sermon for the gospel. I thought we were going to get a dose of weird today. I promise we'll get it. Just like another minute, okay? <laughs> I promise. <laughs> hey, you know what? After this podcast, you don't, if you miss church this week, that's fine. Because you're getting your Sunday morning sermon right here. Oh my gosh. Anyways, right? He, you know, he's not looking for you to come and have all the right answers and say the right thing. He's looking for you to come and just be authentic who you are. And he can work with you then. But all right, that's anyways, that's I don't even know how I got there, but that's that's what I'm looking for. So if you if you have a story, if you know someone who has a story, be willing to be interviewed, come on and talk about it and give give those positive stories of maybe how someone beat the odds or someone who just has a very powerful story or testimony or something, anything of the sort, and would like to share it, I would love to have them on. So you can contact the podcast. It's ramblingviking at gmail.com. Um, you can DM us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, or if you know me personally, you can DM me there. Um, even email. I think that's a little archaic. If <laughs> we don't need that many emails available. But... Um, yeah, that's what we're, that's what I'm looking to do. Not exclusively. I'm looking to add that in addition two. So it's not necessarily, um, like, Oh, this is what the podcast has become. I just want to mix in those episodes. You're still going to get your doses of weird. Don't worry. Yeah. Remember these doses of weird, they make up for the potential boosters that you need to get for Rona. Um, so you, if you're getting regular doses of weird, you don't need to worry about Pfizer, Moderna, whoever kick into the curb, say, I don't need you. Uh, no mas. So that's not true. It's satire. It's whatever. All right. Uh, other goals that I'm working on. So I talk about the Red Rocks thing. Talk about the new episodes. Ah, uh, become a writer for the Babylon Bee. Maybe become a writer in general. I've, I'm getting a big head here. All right. And I've had some people knock me back down a few pegs to remind me. I ain't nobody. I, I, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm a nothing special Hanyak. Okay. But I have enjoyed writing the newsletters and I have enjoyed, apparently I can't speak anymore. So maybe I should get to writing. Uh, I have enjoyed writing the newsletters and I've had a few people tell me, Oh, got some, there's something there, right? Kind of good at writing. 
um, by no means great at all, or really even probably good. But uh, I do, I like to talk, obviously, and I think I'm fairly eloquent in speaking, and especially if I'm prepared. And <clears throat> But I'm pretty good off the cuff as well, and I guess I'm kind of a decent writer. So thinking about, once upon a time, I did start a blog. It was a rambling Viking. I don't know if the podcast was in it or not. .wordpress.com. It is still there. And my last post is still live from like 2017 or 18. It never really culminated in anything. I really kind of realized that, uh, like, I was like, no, I, it, it, you know, because that's what you do, right? You start a podcast and your blog and one comes before the other chicken and egg type situation. Some people start with podcasts, some people start with blog and they do that and they supplement and that's how they build it out. And I don't know. I was just like, not really. But now I'm to a point where I'm like, eh, maybe do it just kind of casually, right? Um, got some ideas of some things I could write and just start writing. And not necessarily anything crazy, but probably just a bunch of op-eds on culture and whatnot and maybe some funny stuff. But <laughs> because... And maybe publish, too, some of the funny stuff that I've read on here, like that kooky email from a few episodes back. Oh, that was so good. But, all right. Let's get into some of the fun stuff about this episode. So, yeah. Goal, uh, Babylon B. If you guys listen to this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be throwing a lot of headlines. Uh, I found out you the, the limit is four per day. And so that's what I'm looking. So I'll let you know if any of my pitch headlines, because I'm a paid subscriber to the Babylon B., if anything actually culminates and gets published into an article, don't worry. You guys will hear about it, and I will be pumped, and it will be everywhere. And I'll be so, 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 so pumped. Not that I think that it'll ever happen, but I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a good shot. Uh, last goal of the year is I think I've decided to try and read a book a month. Obviously, I'm not going to be reading anything, like, massive, but book a month. Got my first book, hopefully coming in tomorrow. I'm already behind schedule, so we'll see if we can get that done. And what kind of books you might say? Well, uh, I kind of admit right now I'm interested in books relating to Christianity. So maybe, I guess you call them theological or doctrinal books. Uh, basically, stuff like, I was thinking like C.S. Lewis and stuff, a lot of his writing, mere Christianity and uh, although I did find this cool guy who's a cold case detective who has like the cold case for Christ and he kind of comes at it from that angle and like, I don't know, kind of spices it up a little bit. Sounds sounds like he does it in a creative, artistic way and it's pretty cool. But book I'm going to be reading, if you want to maybe get it, it's like 12 bucks and join in. If you guys want to read along, sure. I, I do have some other books that I kind of started, but they're tucked away in storage somewhere and I got no idea how to find them. So we will come back to those once I'm no longer doing sem the semi-homeless lifestyle. But... If you're interested at all in maybe reading along, uh, it's going to be on you to get the books. However, I, I, honestly, Audible might be the best way, cheapest way. But I kind of right now I'm looking at just buying them all physical copies. I thought about asking for a Kindle for Christmas and doing it that way, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Ah, the Kindle might be the best way. We'll see. First one I'm doing, though, is How Not to Read the Bible. Put a link to that in the description. You can go buy it for yourself. Basically, it's this guy, and he goes through, and he talks about kind of a lot of the most common misconceptions that come from from Bible reading and whether it's pulling verses out of context, both from the Christian angle and from the, the secularist angle who's trying to, you know, maybe disprove or find pitfalls in, in scripture. And then um, just lots of, and, you know, addressing hard topics, you know, the slavery, the violence, the, mm, you know, incest, the murder, all, you know, God condoning, you know, killing entire nations and things like that. And how a lot of times, like I said, 
and this is going back to previous statements, but within Christianity, you know, a lot of times we can see a shying away from those. Oh no, we don't want to talk about because we don't, maybe we don't have a good answer. And I don't think that's the right way, right? Like if this is ultimately true. And so we need to, instead of shy away from it, we need to lean into it and look deeper and, um, you know, that's where you're going to find those answers and figure out those answers. Maybe you're never going to have a perfect answer. I think, you know, you're all, there are some things that are always going to be wrestled with, like when are the end times and which one of these kooky pastors or cults is going to actually be right by accident, but it won't matter because everyone will be dead. Right. That's the funny thing. These guys are wrong. Everybody knows these guys are right. Like three people know, because (laughs) if one of these crazy cults is right and the world does end, um, but if he's wrong about maybe where he stood of things, it does, you're all going to be dead. And so what good is it to you to be like, I was right. The world's over, man. Things are renewed. You're either, you know, you're either in the renewed kingdom or the pit of fire. And so I don't know what to tell you, bro, but like, cool. <laughs> I, I don't, it's almost like we're going to drive off the edge of the cliff and you know, you never do. So fortunately they're never right. But the one time they're right, guess what? You're in the car. We drove off the edge of this cliff uh, we're dead. So you're right, but we're all going to die. They'll find us eventually. And there's no black box in this Camry. This isn't a, this isn't a jet, no black box, final communications talking about, Oh, we're going down or anything crazy like that. Nope. Just, um, all of us dead being the last people who heard your unfortunate prediction being right. So I don't know. Weird, weird thoughts, right? Weird thoughts. So that's the book. Uh, it comes in soon. If you want to read along, I'm going to try and hopefully finish that before the end of January and then maybe do a book review. Oh, look at us go building out actual segments and episodes on the podcast. We'll see how actually, you know, good and well thought out they are. Don't, don't put me too, in too high heart, high, too high regard. Oh, because I read the book and I have detailed notes and a good summary. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, my Hanyak might, ugh might overtake things and we might, who knows, who knows. But if you're interested, go check it out on Amazon. Don't remember the author's name right now because I don't have any of that pulled up. But the link, it, the right link is in the description. I promise you. Future Me is taking care of that or as you see him, just single past me because right now this is past past me. So we're getting a little inceptuous, not incestuous, inceptuous here because I, for me as recording, this is current me. But as I know, um, as far as once the recording is done, that is future me, and the link is in the description, right? So that's two me's. I have past me and future me. However, at the time of you listening, that is a separate thing by the time you listen to this. So now you have three. There, it's trifecta here, all right? You have, you have, for you, it's current me. We'll say current me, right? And then you have past me who, you know, edited her put the link in the description. Then you have past, past me, who is me talking right now into the microphone who just bumped it a little bit. I don't know if you heard that. And, and so we've got, we've got three, three me's at play and everyone needs to do their job. Okay. Now the third one is more so just you listening to me, you know, at the time that you listen to me, it's not really a different me necessarily, but it is still past and future. So I guess we got past half past maybe and then future or current i don't know 
I need help with terms. Once we, when it's more than just past me, future me, and we and we get others in the mix, how do we do? We do we do we do like a one to five scale? One being furthest in the past, five being current, or you know, do we is it a sliding scale? If there's three of us, it's one to three. If there's ten of us, there's one to ten. Hopefully, I'm never going to be talking in that context, but um, that was your bout of inception for this. So so far, so good. I mean, we're doing great here. Uh, 25 minutes in, and I've gotten to zero of my notes. So let's try and get to some of my notes. Um, news, 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 news. In sports news, I just want to throw this in there. Yes, we'll say the Eagles lost badly to Tampa, but my hope is that Jalen will be out, we'll move on, we'll figure something else out. Uh, I have no hope as far as he's concerned. He, all of his worst pitfalls came out in the biggest moment, and there we go. Nobody played well all around, though. But my solace is that the Dallas Cowboys lost in the most Dallas Cowboys way, set a record for most, was it, like most like 11-win seasons making the playoffs without a playoff win, I think. Or most seasons making the playoffs with and not securing a playoff win, and it's 11. And that was beautiful. And they lost on a Dak scramble, getting down and not getting the ball to the ref, not going down soon enough to have enough time to spike it to do one more play. And so he hikes it, spikes it, zero hits, and the game is over. I'm sure you all saw it, but it was oh so beautiful. But um, some good playoff. Sadly, the Cardinals lost. Really pulling for them. But some good football coming up this weekend. And you know what else is happening? We're mid-January now, folks. Kind of late January. Jeez, already. March Madness around the corner, y'all. And I did a March Madness thing last year. My sister asked me if I'm doing one this year, and I told her yes in the moment, kind of more so not really thinking that far ahead at all because there was a lot on my plate, and now I'm my word is my bond, so I've got to do something, so we'll do something with that, right? Um, in other news, I didn't win the Pixie and Pikmin at all because I missed two, three straight weeks um, when we were on the vacation, not vacation, the holiday hiatus, Christmas hiatus. And sadly, I did not get the email reminders like uh, Connor somehow did to make his picks every week. So he made his picks every week. So podcast was my crutch and my saving grace. And without it, I fell flat on my face. That's your poem for the day. Look at look at us go. So March Madness coming up. All right, let's see if we can get to some of these notes. Finish out this episode. And you guys can go about your day feeling good, okay? Okay. Um, I don't know if this will make sense because it's an inside joke. So my wife and I found a show that we can really watch together. It's all right, I guess. I don't know how. I, I'm mixed feelings. I know a lot of you have probably watched it. And if not, a lot of you will make fun of me for watching it. That's fine. Just know I do it for my wife. So, uh, yeah, you making fun of me for being a great husband. Good for you. Great British Breaking Show, or as the Brits call it, the Great British Bake Off, which I'm going to call it what us Americans call it because I'm an American. I'm not, I was done. We've been done with those Brits since 1776, okay? So, uh, yeah, we got our own terms now. Great British Baking Show. And my note literally says, there's only one season, so I've seen it all. And that is where that is what I will hold to. And I will neither confirm nor deny my continued watching of subsequent seasons or season currently. I don't know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that was 
when we finished the season, I was like, sweet, done with that show forever. And she's like, no, there's more seasons. I was like, no, 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 there's only one season. That's the only way I could live with knowing that I watched this show. It's really not that bad. It's interesting, though. I don't know what they're making half the time. Well, because of a bunch of it is actually British cuisine. And then some of it, I think, is just fancy baking stuff. A lot of meringue, which I don't really like meringue. A lot of fondant, also disgusting. Um, also, just a lot of random stuff where I'm like, that looks gross. I could never be a judge on one of those shows because I'm too picky and I like things too plain and simple. Like, they're doing all these crazy, like, I've got the res, you know, uh, uh, turmeric rhubarb tot. And I'm like, how about s'mores, Pop-Tart? How's that? Yeah, yeah. Called Pop-Tart, not even tart at all. Actually, the sweetest thing, sweeter than most candy bars. You know what I saw? Oh, crap, what was it? The Pop-Tart has a new flavor, and I was like, that is... I mean, it's in line with their hot fudge Sunday flavor, which walking down the breakfast aisle, I was, I was like, man, good job, big, what do we call it? Big, bad food. I don't know <laughs> way back when for establishing that this is breakfast because I, when I look at it, look around, all I see is sugar, 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 sugar. You want sugar in the form of something you add milk to? You want sugar in the form of something you put in the toaster and put a little sugar icing on top? How about this sugar? And I was like, oh my gosh, we're just pumping. We wake up and say time for sugar. Let's start this glycemic roller coaster now. Now look, I'm by no means the best at all. I eat my fair share of sugar. I got two giant things of M&Ms in the pantry right now. 18 feet away that I've already had some of today and we'll probably have some more before I go to bed. Okay. But I'm trying to do better, especially in regards to breakfast. I think it's important, but I was like, Oh golly. So I don't know. I might be one of those. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a cuckoo parent. Who's like no sugar. And they go, they go over to the friend's house and they have one tootsie roll and they're bouncing off the wall like a, like a jumping bean. And I'm just like, what in the world? I'm not going to be like that. So um, all right. Uh, so wow. One note down. Look at us go from that show. You know what I did learn? There was one episode where I was like, hold on. These are 68 cents at the grocery store. Okay. 78 cents at the gas station, which if they're that cheap, you know, they're a relic. Um, wagon wheel, not the song, but the treat. Good for them for having a technical term for it, but in this challenge, you're going to be making six identical wagon wheels and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, like, the judges, and they're like, all right, go ahead. And then they cut away and they show the, you've probably seen the show, but then the two judges off separately have some wagon wheels and are talking about them. Look at these daggum things. They're moon pies. That's all it is. It's a moon pie. Now, Maybe because we all are familiar with moon pies and how they are just a dollar, like a dollar general special snack that's just ridden with sugar and are delicious, okay? But I don't know. I just, it's funny when you see something that like you get at the, that's basically akin to like a little Debbie snack, but it's even, but not even, and you're like, I can get this for 65 cents and they're having to make it as part of this big baking competition. <laughs> you're just like, oh, cool so wagon wheel does make sense when you look at it on its side but i personally like moon pie i think it's much better i don't know it's much more fun and like oh it's a wagon wheel it's a relic a thing of a past like i don't know it's kind of annoying 
it's like, oh, what's so special about a wagon? They had something we used to use that, um, you know, if your axle broke, you were screwed out on the open plain. You'd eat eaten by coyotes and die of dysentery on the Oregon Trail. Moon pie, though. Hold on. You're telling me the moon, the great journey to the moon, of which, we, which we've gone? You mean I can make up a cool story to my kids how moon pies are all thanks to the moon landings that happened? And that they were, no, they weren't up there. But because of what we brought back, we were able to develop moon pies. And they were developed as a treat for the astronauts going to the moon. Because the way they're constructed, it was the, it was the most suitable way to get them the most calories most efficiently and be able to pack and take with them. Moon pies were eating on the surface of the moon and named aptly so. Right? See how much fun that is? Wagon wheel makes it sound like, yeah, this is what the pioneers made to, when they were, uh, for comfort measures, when one of theirs started to die of dysentery. <laughs> like, they they only could make one for the whole family and all to share, all 12 of them had to share one little three inch in diameter wagon wheel, and that was their treat for the year. Nah, moon pie. It's way better. Fight me about it. All right. So that was something I learned. Well, this is now old news because they're out of the playoffs. Um, but Bill Belichick, I believe last week in a press conference, and just was at the gym, you know, they have like 18 billion TVs on in the cardio area. And I was just sitting there and I look up and I see Bill Belichick, classic hoodie of, you know, three quarter sleeve, whatever. And then I look on the hoodie and it's like the top, it's in Top Gun theme, if you know what that logo looks like. And it just says Danger Zone. And I was like, yo, Bill Belichick is based and i just used that term for the first time all right uh, i'm done using that term forever bill belichick is a real one like i already kind of liked him because how snarky and short he was and he doesn't put up with any nonsense but then i saw that and i was like oh he's got a little cool streak in him danger zone heck yeah so good on bill belichick i mean the patriots will be just fine if you can't tell already yeah sure they lost pretty bad to the bills but the bill the bills have been trying to crawl out of that hole for like decades. The Patriots have only been without Tom what a season? So, and they're already back in the playoffs making noise. So, they're going to be fine. Oh boy, time to get controversial here. After after some universal love for old Billy Bell Checky. Nope. Billy Bell. Nope. Billy Bell? Uh, Bill Billy Belichick. We that's that's what it is. All right, um you know, went and had brunch with my lovely wife and got some cool food and sitting there perusing through the menu. And one of the first things that you come across, and I think this has become a popular menu item. So let me just prepare you for this. I'm about to unleash some rage and hate on a popular, I guess I'll call it brunch breakfast item that has become, become really popular with all the cool kids. And I am radically against it for so many reasons. Not now, that is, I don't want you to think that if I go out with you, I will ridicule, ridicule, ridicule you endlessly. Uh, it depends on how close of friends we are, if you order this and waste your money on it. But, just be known that it is completely your right, and it would be, I would ex- expect it from a fellow Hanyak to not stop eating or ordering this and getting this, despite what I'm saying. And actually, maybe throw some heat back my way. So, just be known, I'm about to unleash unleash some serious heat. Okay, we're perusing the menu. 
And I might say, oh, look, this avocado toast. This is a familiar thing. You might say, avocado toast, you might have heard of it, right? It's become pretty popular in brunch. And I've even heard such conversations about people comparing different avocado toasts from different places and being like, well, this place's avocado toast is better than that place's avocado toast. And I just found myself taking pause and saying, hold on, are we talking about a piece of burnt bread that, you know, you make in your $12 toaster, an avocado that you buy for $3 at the store, cut open, deep it, and then maybe, maybe mix it up and then spread across said burnt piece of bread and then you eat and you're going to a restaurant ordering that paying more than like two a buck two bucks for that and then like being that that is your breakfast and or brunch and then you're you're eating that at multiple places like for instance if i go to a place that is patty melts like a diner or something i try it that's my my buddy seth listen to this his thing is rubens right he goes to a place looks like they got a good ruben he gives it a try celtic star apparently is the goat and they're no longer even in business so r.i.p um Looks like the best best Reuben will just live in your in your memories from college, unfortunately. And and honestly, the same is true for my patty melts. Best ones at Barnstormers in Enid, Oklahoma, at Wood Ring Airport. Their little restaurant. They got weird hours. Look them up, but go for lunch someday on a weekday. You will not be disappointed. It is by far still the best patty melt I've had. Like honestly, the next best thing is Whataburger. But anyways, right. So we all maybe have those dishes that we go at certain places, you know, Italian places. You got to check out the ravioli, their their stromboli, their what, their I don't know, the rigatoni. Um, or you're like, oh, let me try your tiramisu, and you're like, what the? Okay, um, I say that because nobody likes tiramisu. So, but avocado toast, meaning bread, and maybe there's something I'm missing, but to my knowledge, there isn't. And it is just toast, avocado, and then sometimes maybe they mix something in the avocado or they season it or they add a little something. I don't know how many slices you get. You know how you order French toast and you get like basically three pieces of bread, but they're maybe cut in half or something. Or, you know, sometimes the specialty cool trendy spots do a giant fat slice. Or you get two pieces, two giant, you know, Texas toast pieces of bread or something like that. And you're like, okay. I see why I'm paying eight or nine dollars for this French toast. I get several slices, get some scrambled eggs on the side. Avocado toast. Am I getting five slices? What am I getting? Because here's the kicker, right? You know, I mentioned that it's not, or you know, ah, two or two bucks, right? Even then, I probably wouldn't pay for that. It's some bull crap. I don't. I'm not gonna pay for. Uh, it's too simple. I don't think. I don't know. This avocado toast we saw was $12. That's right. You heard it. 12 My chicken katsu, which by the way is Ohana Grill. If I remember, link to my Yelp review of Ohana Grill in the description. It's a Hawaiian place. Delicious. But $12. My chicken katsu, which came with two sides, was $14. That means you could either have a piece of burnt bread... With with an with some avocado on it for twelve dollars or for fourteen dollars you could have a Hawaiian dish with some delicious sweet potato fries covered in an awesome aioli and fried rice with with actually you get, you choose from like six different sides you get your choice of sides or you can waste your money 
to get a slice of burnt bread with some avocado smear and pay, I don't know, how much is a loaf of bread? Three bucks? Pay pay four times a loaf of bread. Well, now it's probably closer to four bucks, maybe five, but who knows? It might be 12 bucks by the end of this year, Biden's America, but $12, I don't understand it at all. I don't understand the obsession with, ooh, let me check out their avocado toast, how someone does it different. What? These people put green onions. These people put red onions. What, what, what? These people season it with that. They season it with this. It's avocado toast. Whatever happened to like getting a nice fat omelet and they have some signature omelet or the way they do their gravy or something, you know, some actual real breakfast food. Not avocado toast? What is What is wrong with you? You're being, this is a highway robbery. $12. I, in my note here, it's the biggest ripoff in restaurant history. And I will stand by that. Not necessarily that it, this one is $12, but just the avocado, avocado toast in general. Look, I get restaurant margins are thin. But if with this avocado toast trend, their margins have to be doubling, tripling, at least on that dish alone. Because people charge $7, $12 for some avocado toast. Now let me know. I wasn't going to dare touch it, and I I probably could have asked, but I am curious to know. Like, do I get four pieces of toast? Because I better. That's the only only way I could halfway justify. Meaning, I would spend $6 on that, because guess what? You're still getting some... You can probably do... That's probably two avocados, four slices of toast. You may be getting close on on $6. Maybe. I don't know how much an avocado is. I don't buy... My wife buys the avocados. You know, the, the women are obsessed with avocados. Y'all love your avocado. I, I, look, I like some guac and I like some avocado. I'm not crazy though and obsessed with avocado. Wasting my precious time, money, and taste buds on some stinking avocado toast. Much less paying $12 for this. Ooh, the, the avocado toast. But this place is off. What? That's not a real, that's not a meal, it's not a thing. That's like a side. That's like, hey, give me the biscuits and gravy, give me the Denver omelet, give me French toast with a side of avocado toast. And like, oh, that's a dollar up charge or whatever, you know, because it's not a normal side. Because everyone know, you know how it goes. A lot of times avocado or guac is like hella extra. It's like <laughs> 75 cents for a little dollop of avocado because, I mean, avocados aren't necessarily that cheap. And they're now all the time in such high demand that it's just, crazy but $12 avocado toast is a garbage I'm not saying it's garbage as a food in general but when it's something that I can so easily make for myself now you might say oh you can make scrambled eggs for yourself just as easy but it's like yeah but that's like a little side add-on I'm not going and paying $12 for two scrambled eggs I'm paying $14 for chicken katsu and I could get some scrambled eggs on the side right and especially if you go to a place like Ohana Grill, like we went, it's like a Hawaiian fusion place. They have all these Hawaiian dishes and things like that. And for anyone to go in and be like, oh, I'll have the avocado toast. It's like, don't even go here. You're wasting the restaurant's time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting other people's time in that restaurant because you, you are taking time to order avocado toast, which fortunately only takes like four seconds to make. And... But that is time and effort on your waiter's part, on the cook's part, on the staff part, on the fact that they have to order more avocados and toast, taking away from 
what I would call arguably the good signature actual food dishes that they're making. So why in fusion? So you're wasting the other customer's time. Shoot, you're wasting the DoorDash people's time because now they have to wait a little bit longer, whole 40 seconds longer to get whatever thing they're DoorDashing to whatever lazy bums DoorDashing. I'm, hey, look, I'm just, I got people who use DoorDash. DoorDash is cool. Just a part of the, just a part of the rage, right? That's just some collateral caught up in this hot fire because avocado toast. If you're an avocado toast advocate, first of all, why MCA? And second of all, please it inform me educate me and i be <laughs> look sometimes you know people are just crazy right and that's what i may deem here because i seen i can see no reasonable explanation i just remember sitting there and looking like oh i'm like oh look they have avocado toast haha <laughs> and then i look at 12 dollars and i'm pretty sure it was on like the starters which actually is where it belongs starters are sides so it wasn't listed as an actual meal or like a light meal because it's not a freaking meal if you're, if you're going to a restaurant and all you're getting is a slice of toast or, like, two slices of toast with some avocado on it, like, go home. Like, just get a water and get a biscuit at that point, okay? You, just don't even order anything. Just nibble off some of your friends. Graze, mooch. Because just save everybody's time and money and effort. Because avocado, $12, though. Yeah, better believe it. So, uh, anyways, we'll see if I get some kickback on that because... Um, I'm just, I just don't understand. I can't get behind it. It makes no sense. Avocado. It is to me. It is. It's probably the biggest scam, con, whatever you want to call it, in modern breakfast history. Maybe in breakfast history. Yeah, let that sink in for a little bit. I mean, I almost put it up there with grits, but like grits, because grits is what to me is just wild. That Jim Gaffigan says it best. And here's your wet sand. You gotta put a pound of sugar, a pound of butter, and some cayenne in it to make it have some flavor. And it's like maybe that's not something's worth. But I don't get grits either. So, but that one, I don't know. That one just goes back so far, and to me, has a little bit of a history at least, at least in the South. But avocado toast, I don't know what the crap you're. Whoever started that was like, was like, well, we serve toast on the side, you know. It's like, what if we just like, oh, you know, toast with avocado is pretty good. Okay, so what if we did that and then put it. As its own thing on the menu. Not a side, not an add-on, not an extra, but like, you can order it. And that is your meal. And then, now, they're raking in the dough. That's all I can say about that. That's probably way more than enough on avocado toast. But I have pure hatred and disdain for it. Um, So, if you go eat with me, never, or always, order avocado toast. Depending on our friendship. And... You know what? As long as it's not my money. If I'm paying for your ticket and you try and pull some avocado toast crap on me, unless I say get whatever, even avocado toast, um, be warned, probably don't get it because you might be on your own at that point. I'm not going to subsidize that waste, garbage scam of a meal or food. All right. Moving on, though, to more things that, unfortunately, made me sad. (laughs) Not trying to be depressing here. My goodness, what kind of show would this be? Uh, BarkBox. We did it. You know, they like one of those subscription things. I don't know. My wife did the whole thing. All of a sudden, we got these boxes. And I was like, what are these toys? She's like, I signed up for this thing. And I was like, cool. No idea what was going on. 
Uh, we did it for a few months, and lots of people have done it. They send you some, turns out, some pretty good toys. I'll say that, and some pretty good treats. So we've got a fat lineup of treats and toys now, and I went to grab a treat to give to the dogs the other day, and then I just happened to look at it, and it was like, I was like, oh, what flavor is this? It's like cranberry and raisin or blueberry, cranberry and blueberry, more raspberry, blueberry, something like that. And, or it was like vegan, I think he said vegan or vegetarian treat. And I was like, I was like, okay, cool. I was like, maybe they're just like, they just, sometimes, you know, they don't, they don't make all the treats out of meat or meat based. So that's fine. That's whatever. Right. Well, then I, you know, give them a treat and then I happen to look on the back and then it's talking about, they have this whole section on the back description for it. It's like, it's, you know, vegetarian treat made with blueberries and cranberries for those, for those pets, um, who don't like to eat other animals. And I just, and that's when I went, I almost threw the bag in the trash. Really, I should have, but I paid money for it. So, and the dogs like it and they'll be fine. So I'm not going to do that because I'm not wait. That's where, you know, we talked about this where my wasteful side versus my rage side or any other insert side here, right? It wants to get rid of something. My wasteful side's like, yeah, we paid money for that. Um, my anti-wastist side. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. <laughs> hey, man, that's a merch idea right there. I'm writing that down. Anti-wastist. And uh, oh man, that would be a great, great joke. But yeah, my my anti-wastist. <laughs> I I feel like a little toddler saying it. <laughs> Just because the way, because of the W. <laughs> I can't. Anti-wasters. Oh, don't autocorrect. Okay, that's a good. That's a merch idea. That's a sticker. Anti anti-wasters. We'll do anti we'll have anti-wasters training and I'll I'll work on getting that curriculum built into the show so we can make sure to capitalize on that and take care of any uh wasteism that we see happening. <laughs> Write a book about it. Um call it Waste Fragility. <laughs> talk about the you know how how wasteless um and how fragile they are and you know how to be anti-wasteless will be another one I'm, I'm gonna hit it big here this is this is how i'm gonna hit it big scoring in on that on that it, i i guess i'll call it so that specific social justice cause which i guess could fit the bill but <laughs> oh my gosh anti i i've totally gotten derailed after that. i don't Oh, be anti-wastist. Oh yeah, bark box, right? And so, but I just start I, I start thinking and I was like, this is this is like that video which sadly I think more and more is fake where the person's like, "My dog is chooses to be a vegetarian." I'm like, first of all, think about this. What are <clears throat> I have no statistics here, but I'm just hypothesizing a little bit. I would I would go as far. I would put money, like maybe a dollar on it that the people who fall into the category of, say, being vegan, vegetarian, you know, and you kind of know the type of person I'm talking about, right? And are very proud of it. What are the odds, what's the probability that most of the proclaimed pets who are vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, what have you, belong or are in the care of people who, who follow suit, people who are of that ilk of the vegan, the vegetarian, the gluten, the whatever, you know, kind of 
I'm not trying to belittle you, but but I'm just trying to say, like, what are the odds that most of those owners fall into that category? And then, and then that would lead me to believe that what are the odds that the owner, that's just the owner projecting onto their pets. Like we all do in some way, shape or form. And that's fine. But that one, that one I take specific issue to, but that's like that video though, where if you haven't seen where the girl's like, my dog is a vegetarian by choice and, and it's just so awesome. And, and she puts she gets a plate. She's like, I have this delicious leafy green salad. And I mean, it looks pretty healthy, pretty green, pretty bright. looks good. And then she's like, and then it's gross dog food. And she takes some, you know, whatever, dog food out of a can generic canned dog food right there right and so there are two plates and she goes to get like her little dog which is like a beagle or corgi or something and she's like okay see now i'm gonna prove to you most of you guys think that my dog is not a vegetarian by choice and as she's talking trying to get the dog up here the dog the dog sees this and it goes after it like it hasn't had real good dog food in months maybe even years it is like oh my gosh and just starts demolishing and she's like no 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 and then i showed someone this one time they're like yeah but why'd she still post it and i was like oh crap that's probably fake but it does prove a good point and a point that likewise i'm so annoyed with bark the company right now because they make great toys Honestly, their treats are pretty high quality and good, and the dogs love them. And and like the toys, honestly, are especially a big hit for me because they they, they can adjust them for the size of your dog, but also they are heavy duty because my dogs are shredders, like serious shredders. I bought some Kong stuff before that got destroyed, chomped in half, or ripped to bits in like 10 minutes. And so for these things to hold up is really, really good. But then I see something like that, and I just go, but why though? Like you were doing so good, getting so much right. And then you just sprint head first into a brick wall and with no helmet twice and back to back actually. And you like just completely ignore everything. It's like how so many companies were following Sorry, not to get COVID-ish, but I think this is a good example. It's like all these companies were following all the CDC guidelines, except for the one that said testing post-COVID to like trying to pull a negative test is not a good measure of if someone is ready to return to work or return to duty because the tests, and they didn't, they didn't say this part, is me inserting my, my, I can call it opinion, but I, there's some truth there, is that the, the test can still pick up fragments of virus even though you are not no longer infected or infectious and so they had to develop different measures of okay how many days out are you from your symptoms subsiding and ask you a few more questions how are you feeling and whatnot and that's how they determined it. and now this information i got directly from the health department when i had it shooting december of 2020 and so it's funny because the time was in a situation where it's like they followed every recommendation except like that one they just kind of blatantly ignored and, and, I, and I brought it up. I was like, why are we... So we're following everything to a T, right? We're we're looking to the CDC, the health department, all the... And these are the guidelines. But then when I talked to the health department directly, and they're like, no, 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 we don't recommend that at all. We don't, don't, like, we don't... Showing negative tests post-COVID, you could still show positive for up to three months. Three months! And I was like, holy shnike. That's what this feels like. Y'all are like, all right, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do the research, follow science, do all that stuff. And then you're like, okay, in case your dog is veg, my dog, which 
people might say, oh yeah, some dogs are vegetarian. Now we do know that teeth signify, um, you know, what kind of diet, right? If you're a molar based, like say a cow or a horse, that means you're, you're grinding and you're honestly, you're, you are a vegetarian, you're plant-based, you're an herbivore, right? We know that sharp teeth, pointed teeth, good for cutting, puncturing, ripping, and tearing, slicing, that is carnivore or omnivore. You know, we know as humans, we have incisors, we have molars, we are omnivores, right? So you can tell a lot. And when you, if you've ever seen some dog's teeth, they got some serious fangs and mostly sharp teeth. They, I think, I believe they fall into omnivore, but they really being, you know, if you go back up their lineage, when they were wolves, I'm not going to do that necessarily, but you look at their teeth and you're like, that's carnivorous, that's at least carnivorous, like they're at least carnivores, but maybe, and really in actuality, omnivores to a certain extent, there are certain things they can have, but to think in any world that, oh yeah, they're vegetarian or vegan even. And it's like, you know, like naturally they're predisposed to like kill small animals and eat them and eat that. And I mean, they can eat raw meat and be okay like they're very uh carnivorous and you guys actually do a good job and like are a company for dogs so i mean it just goes to show you though that just sometimes the nonsense gets even through um the best gets to the best of us right and i'm not calling the bark the best of us by any means because they clearly are not but they had this whole thing this whole spiel on the back of their thing about you know, in case you're, and, and what gets me to is the way they phrase it. In case your dog is not one that's interested in eating other animals. Now, maybe that's me reading in that tone, but I'm just saying that they know that clearly is something there. I'm sorry. I've been in the corporate world and seen enough passive aggressiveness and little like subtleties such as that to, to, to really attribute this to, oh, it's just how I'm interpreting and reading it. No, no, no. That's a, that is, that is a very, very subtle, but very obvious move in case your dog doesn't like to eat the other animals you're trying to make them sound barbaric which they are they're freaking dogs they eat their own poop um and you're, you're trying to make them sound savage and, and say oh, in case your dog is a virtuous dog it's a dog and it in no way shape or form is designed or meant to be vegetarian okay and lastly, what I'll say about this, and this is more tongue in cheek, but when it comes to all things, animals and pets, specifically small and exotic, I mean, my dad is a veterinarian, so I'm, I'm not in any way, shape or form, but my dad is, so I am infallible and all knowing. So, um, as or as Dr. Fauci would like to say, I am the science. And, uh, you can basically say, you know, I am the pets, the pet knowledge. It's not a very good impression, but <clears throat> I'm not really trying that hard either. So, yeah, thanks, BarkBox, but uh, do I want to be a hunt? I'd be like, you lost my business, but I don't know. That's one of those things where it's just like, you really, you really, you, you're doing so good. And honestly, it's all the streets. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, they're very, they, it was very much bragging about, oh, this is a, just got fruits and veggies for your puppy. And it's like, I've seen my dog, like, <laughs> Um, have you seen their teeth at all? <laughs> it's not just for protection. It's partially for how they eat too. And 
Yeah, definitely, definitely not a thing with dogs. And I don't understand that, but why they got to be like that? I don't know. All right, time to close out. And I guess we'll close out with this, but if you haven't heard, Novak Djokovic, the number one tennis player in the world and reigning Australian Open champion, which they have the Australian Open somehow. So Australia is so locked down and seeing concentration camps and um, I do not feel bad or think it is overstepping to compare them at all to um, Nazi Germany because that's really what you're seeing when it comes to vaccinated and unvaccinated. They have these literal unvaccinated camps or quarantine camps and it is complete madness and completely devolved and um, to a, a totalitarian, authoritarian, whatever you want to call it. It's what it is. Um, state, though. And, I, I mean, they've really gone back to the roots. It's a prison state. They, and that's what they've gone back to their roots in. But So, first of all, the fact that they're allowing any outsiders in. But, oh, yeah, it's sports, big revenue. It's kind of our big thing. So, we make exceptions for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So, anyways, they're doing that. And he comes in and... His vaccination status is a mystery. So he's a liberty-minded individual, and which I can appreciate. <clears throat> Comes in, and supposedly all good, got an exemption. Then revoke visa, prison. Then, okay, we'll figure this out, try again. And then actually revoke again, prison. Oh, and now deportation. You can't, you can't play on the Australia Open. And so he's kicked out. So he's gone. And, I mean, he's got massive support from, obviously, all the liberty-minded individuals, his home country, he's fine. But I look at this and I go, if I was a that level of a tennis player and I'm going to this competition and I see this nonsense happen where, and, and this is why this is a big deal. This isn't the 147th best person who barely skirted into the open, who's kind of a bottom feeder, who, you know, who's real, real underdog, odds, odds against to win or anything like that. This is... This is the number one, the guy to beat, and also, oh yeah, he's looking to defend his title. So, this is like having, this is like, it's almost like, I mean, it's like in March Madness, Baylor comes in, and due to some weird technicality of the NCAA just being dumb, even though they're, they're top, say they come in top ranked. So they're the number one seed and a defending champion, and all of a sudden they can't participate. It would feel illegitimate, would it not? And that's how I view the Australian. Not that I follow tennis anyways. The games are so long, and the scoring is so weird, and it is very impressive, but just not my thing. I keep up with the highlights, I guess, and know a little bit about some of the popular people, but whatever. So you have this Australia Open, but now the top guy is gone, and... Also, the defending champion, same person, gone, not participating in this. So, in, on some level, I look at this and I would say, well, some person might say, oh, sweet, now it's wide open and I got a serious chance. Yes, that may be true. But the the competitor side of me looks at this and says, yeah, but you know how it goes. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And if the best, for, I think, crazy, silly reasons, is all of a sudden not allowed here, and we can't beat the best, then whoever wins this is, are they really legitimate champions? It's like in the UFC when champ gets hurt and or, is, or or something is gone for an extended period of time and they do an interim champion. It's like, okay, cool, you're the interim champion, you're the best of the rest, but you still haven't faced the best. And 
until the reigning champ comes back and you can face him, you truly won't know, and you're just the interim champ. And that's almost how I view whoever wins the Australian Open, which I might give a glance at once it's over. I don't, I don't know if it started, when it's starting. I, I know nothing. How long it goes, totally ignorant. But I do know this, that the reigning champion is gone. So to me, whoever wins this, you should have to go face him. Now, truth be told, he would have to make it through and get to the final again and then win again. So it's not quite the same as like boxing or MMA where you're the champion, you're at the top, and you just kind of wait for the top contender to come to you and challenge you. That's not how this is set up. And so he very well could have lost and, you know, before getting to the final, get knocked out, get upset or something like that. But typically, like, I mean, Novak Djokovic, I do know his name and don't know that he's very, very good. I mean, these guys, they go deep. They'll go semifinals. They'll go finals a lot of time regularly. And so, I mean, kind of like Serena Williams, right? If she doesn't get to the final or doesn't win at all, it's an upset. And that's really how I view this. And so in a lot of ways, I would almost look at this if I was in that position of being a fellow tennis player and saying, let's say a pretty good one, you know, not a low on totem pole one, maybe number five or whatever. Coming in excited, you know, because that's really what you look for. If you're up and coming, if you're, you want to beat that best guy because that's kind of like, that's vindicated. That's, I mean, that's the goal in competition, right? Like, Everyone wanted to beat MJ. Everyone wanted to beat Kobe. Everyone wants to beat Tom Brady. Like, that's what that's the culmination, right? Unfortunately, you got to be a real derp to beat Tom Brady, at least in a Super Bowl. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Eli Manning and most recently Nick Foles. That's what it takes a true derp. But that's how you crack the code. He's kryptonite. But, you know, that's, that's, that's the goal. And to not have that available, you're almost like, hmm, doesn't mean as much. Now, part of the nature of the game, you, you, it's important to delineate me, you know, between like an injury. Like I can always sit back and say Carson Wentz should have won MVP our Super Bowl year and he would have won the Super Bowl, but that's he got injured and that is the nature of the game. And so sometimes, that, same with like bad calls on refs and things like that. This, though, given the circumstances, is totally separated from the game itself. And so that being said, it's not one of those situations where you say, well, that's just how the game goes sometimes and people get hurt or this and that. No, no, no. This is, this was just the Australian government being wackadoo, continuing to be wackadoo. And so I look at this and I just say, honestly, I would probably drop out for, because it's like, okay, if we can't even have a good true competition anymore, if you're going to be picky about who comes in, then this Australia open thought it was called um they should put barely in front of it um you know then this is it delegitimizes the tournament because it's kind of like you know golf right you want to have you want to have the best golfers at your tournament and play at your course because that kind of solidifies you as your legit your legitimacy that means whoever wins this it's a big deal right now it's not that way so i just i just pose the question you know what would it look like if in light of this at least maybe more of the top, if not everybody involved. I, I don't know how many people are in the Australia Open. Is it 20? Is it 25? Is it 14? What is it? Someone educate me. Because I'm too much of a honyak to go and educate myself on tennis. That's like, I'm not going to go waste my precious, precious time searching 
on my computer and my search time on tennis, I might as well go research avocado toast when where the best one is. But JK, I'd, tennis is still worlds better than searching avocado toast. I, I, I would hope my computer would spontaneously combust if I started to do that. But yeah, I would, that's what I, that's my, I know it's not going to happen. But that's my hope, though, is that I think I believe that they should boycott the Australia Open. Everyone should pull out and leave and say, no, if we if we can't have the best, the reigning champion, the defending champion, the guy that we all are after, the you know, we all want to be the best, then he's the one we got to really beat, or at least we got to get to the finals and win the finals. And, you know, if the best guy isn't there, then, you know, did I really, really go through the gauntlet all the way? And I would say, no, you didn't. And so, you know, I can't truly look at this as like, yeah, sure, I won this Open this year, but there's a little asterisk next asterisk next next to it that says, you know, Novak got kicked out. So that's my thoughts is that I, I believe at least some of the, I'd say the top people, the biggest names should all be like, nah, we out. We're not, we're not, we're not going to play. No. And that's the hard thing about the situation though, is like, that's their livelihood. That's how they make their money. And it could be detrimental to certain contracts and things if they pull them out. But that's, and that's always the rub. Like, okay, if one guy does it and he's willing to sacrifice everything, but only one guy does it, it's probably not going to have the effect. You have to power in numbers a little bit. You got to get at least get a few, get a group together and, and, and be, be on the same page and be like, nah, we gone. Cause then that's going to speak volumes, but it does usually start with a single person and then another person and then another, and then more people are willing to stand up and get brave. So it does unfortunately start with some sort of sacrificial lamb, some, someone being a martyr and willing to do it just on their own. So that's my call. I hope the Australia open gets boycotted by the tennis players themselves. Even though I want to say maybe it already started. I don't know. I just saw some, I mean, maybe it was a highlight from previous stuff or maybe it was current. I, I, I'm totally ignorant to the timeline. Oh, I just know he got kicked out. So, but yeah, I say it should be boycotted. It should be um, pulled, like, honestly, maybe boycotted by the viewers because it's nonsense, right? You're, it's the whole point is you want to see the best people in the world do it. And you took literally the best in the world away and the defending champ. So silly to me, but yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode, Rambling Viking Podcast. A little bit longer, and these ones have been a little bit longer because, you know, we're not I'm not doing as many episodes, so I got more to talk about. And honestly, I was on the fence about doing it, but I figured I'm recording now, and with still figuring out my crazy schedule and everything, I don't know when I'm going to be, how often I'm going to be able to record, how I like, especially in these next couple weeks. So I've been trying to figure that out and navigate that, and figured I'd get it all in and have it a little, be a little bit longer, and that'd be okay. You can listen to it in the form of two episodes. Find a good break in the middle. Figure it out. And if you didn't, though, good for you. But thank you so much for being a part of the Hanya Accord. If you're new here, welcome to the Hanya Accord. If you want to be on my newsletter, send an email to the show. If you want to be interviewed because you have a good story, an uplifting, strong story, or you know someone who does and you want to refer them to us, please feel free to. Facebook, Instagram. You can find the Rambling Viking podcast. You can also email the show. It's ramblingviking at gmail.com. So any and all thoughts, uh, please... Do not send me any avocado toast. Uh, I will throw it directly in the trash. Also, sending food in the mail like that. We all know how quickly those avocados spoil. That's the other thing. Is like they go. It goes. You leave it for more than ten minutes out in the open air. Stuff is brown as poop, and you're like, holy, like the shelf life. What's no shelf life? There's barely any life on that thing. Sorry, I'm getting 
getting back into heated debates though. But yeah, I think that'll do it for this dose of weird. Be on the lookout for the stuff. Oh, um, how not to read the Bible link in the description, Yelp review for Ohana grill link in the description. If you want to check that out. Um, I'm more so just reminding myself to do that. Reminding future me. Oh yeah. Reminding future me because past me mentioned them, but now one mentioned them two, which is right now it's reminding three to do them so that when you're listening to four and you're, you're hearing this once it's published, you can get it all together. Wow. This is confusing. We're up to four now Four me's inception is crazy. Um, might start working on my anti-wastist book and how to be anti-wastist and wastist fragility, um, different things, you know, try and build that out. Cause I think that might be the moneymaker route for this anti-wastist merch. It's on the merch list, which I know if you are interested in merch, um, I'm open to suggestions on how to kind of get some of that going, get some small merch. I, I would honestly, honestly, I would like to really get some merch. Even for me, I think the perfect thing is stickers. So if you have any, I'm kind of ignorant to these and I've kind of done a little research. I'm just not sure about all the ins and outs. So if you have any experience and any insights on maybe how to get some small merch up and going, we can do some small batches of, you know, just literally like handful, six, 12, 20, or just add, you know, as they're ordered things and not to make money, but just to make merch, right. And have some fun with it. So, you know, really keep them at cost. So I'm not really getting anything, but just to have that stuff out there. Cause I've got a lot of good merch ideas and stickers to me are cheap. They're easy. You can put them on a lot of stuff and you don't have to overwhelm your closet with a bunch of t-shirts. Although I do have two t-shirts for the podcast now. Thank you. Um, to my wife and sister. Oh gosh, dang it. It's not the same person. That's two people to my wife and then separately to my sister. Oh geez. Also to my sister. Ooh, I just really Arkansas myself on that one. Oh, but uh, lastly, I'll leave you with this. Never forget Tampa Bay. And um, don't forget to be anti-wastist. Hopefully not to your detriment. But that does it for this episode. Thank you so much once again for being a part of the Han Yonk Horde. And welcome here if you're new. Um, be sure to share this with your friends, family, whoever. Um, we'll see you right here next time for another dose of weird or who knows, maybe an uplifting story. This is your head Hanyak though, signing off.